0: A recent study found that over half of all US workers are unhappy in their job. Over half. Think about that number. That's a crazy amount of people who are content to stay in jobs they hate for some silly reason like some unwritten rule that you've got to stay at a company for a certain amount of time or to look bad on a resume. Or maybe it's fear. Maybe it's the fear of if you go out and get another job, maybe it's going to be worse than the job you have right now. And so better just to stay put and do with it because work is supposed to suck, right? This week's guest went a non-traditional route to ultimately finding a position he loves at a company he actually enjoys being a part of. And that is exactly what we are talking about in this week's episode. Hey, I want to welcome you to the Self Made Web Designer Podcast. If you are new to the podcast, I want to say I'm glad that you're here. If you've been here for a while, you know, let's do our traditional internet high five. Ready? One, two, three, go. Okay, I hope you air high-fived me at the same time, or I was air high-fiving myself, and that's no fun. Hey, I want to encourage you to take a second, if you haven't already, subscribe to the show, leave us a rating, leave us a comment, and invite some friends to listen along, because it's always more fun to do things with friends. Our guest this week is the one and only Mr. Kyle Wei Lin in And Kyle has a bunch of different experiences doing a bunch of different things at different jobs in the tech world. He was a production assistant. He started his own agency and he ultimately ended up landing a position as a a creative director at a startup in Silicon Valley, doing a lot of awesome things in the tech industry. And Kyle shares with us all the things he learned from his journey of pivoting his career over and over again, reinventing himself, trying new things out not settling for the status quo. And ultimately, he shows you how you can find a job that you love being able to get up and get out of bed to go to in the morning. It's a fantastic episode with a lot of good insight. Are you ready for Mr. Kyle Wei Len? All right, here we go. Well, hey, Kyle, thanks so much for being on the Self-Made Web Designer Podcast. Awesome, no, thanks for having
1: me, Chris. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about who you are and the journey to where you were and how you got to where you are today.
1: Oh man, that is a loaded question. Um, I will try to start from the beginning, but it is not a linear path. (laughs) Um, you know, I think I first started off in, 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 um, advertising. I, I was working in broadcast production, doing like print web TV spots, radio spots as a, as a producer. Um, and, um, you know, I saw what they were doing and I was going all these shoots and it was cool. And I'm like, man, like, I want to, I want to work on like TV spots and like cool things and like print campaigns. So, um, I, I, I went back to school, um, and got a master's degree at VCU, uh, brand center, great school, shout out to them. And, um, that really set me on the path into, um, advertising design and tech, um, you know, 10 years later or more rather um, I've worked in and out of different tech companies, everything from Apple to Twitter. I've worked at, um, you know, every single kind of big ad agency you can think of mostly digital. So RGA, AKQA, um, and then a ton of big and small startups and ad agencies in between. Um, right now I, uh, or, oh, and then, and then after that, I, I created my own agency for about, God, it was like three or four, two or three years, uh, which was quite a ride. And, uh, most recently I, Uh, took up a role as creative director at a fitness tech company called Tempo.
0: You know, you've had quite the journey as far as your career and the path that you've taken to get to where you are now. So how would you say you found like the best fit for you or have you found the best fit for you? And, And what are some things for people who have maybe not had that linear journey that most of us aspire to have, like, what would you say would help them to figure out the path they should take or where they should end up?
1: Yeah, man, that's a good question. Um, You know, my my wife tells me that I make, I I tend to make kind of poor decisions when it comes to um, jobs and careers, um, uh, or maybe jobs more, more so than careers. This is my own personal thing. My wife would not agree, but I would say, you know, um, don't pick a job based on um, like a title or um, or or even what the company does, but rather the people that you're working with, and sometimes that'll lead you down really different paths. Paths that you probably wouldn't have taken otherwise. But um, I've done that. Sometimes I, I've found the right people. Other times I've found the absolute wrong people. But either way, it's like you learn even from the wrong people. Like you might even learn more from the wrong people than the right people. Um, and then also just surround yourself with people that you want to be and, and lead yourself with values. So if you believe in something. Um, you know, like myself, I, I think I mentioned this to you before. Uh, diversity is a really big part of my platform, and um, I would never join a company, I would never even work with a client unless I felt that they shared that value.
0: Talk a little bit about that, as far as you know, the, the the people aspect. How do you figure out if if you fit with somebody versus not fitting with somebody, and and how do you do that just on the basis of like an interview? You know, because I think it's somewhat. Difficult to know, like, oh yeah, me and this company are going to get along well. Like, you might get in there, and then a month from when they hired you, it's a nightmare. So, w- what are some mile markers for you that have like showed you, like, okay, this is great, this is a good fit for
1: you? You know, I, I think um, you, you never know. Like you said, sometimes, like a month into a job or a, a project, you'll you'll hate yourself and hate your every decision you have ever made. But um, generally speaking, for me, and this is a per, like a personal thing. Everybody's going to be a little bit different. I would say um, I always go by this kind of rule of thumb that I think of as um, can I sit next to this person on like a coast to coast airplane trip and like have a good talk, have fun, enjoy myself, sit peacefully, quietly, you know, like am I going to hate them and they're going to hate me? So that's like one kind of quick rule of thumb. Um, And then the other bit is probably I really like people that are able to um, talk casually, speak very casually about what they do versus people that feel like they have to overcompensate or use big words or use jargon or, um, you know, like almost like competitive talking or competitive mansplaining. Like I really, if I see that, I'll be like, no, this person is not right. Uh, You know, the more casual you are about what you do, the more, um, as at least I see it, the more confidence you have in what you do. And it gives me confidence in you if you're that casual about it.
0: What I found like a reoccurring theme on the podcast is how much those soft skills are so incredibly important to a, a, either having a business, owning your own company, or um, it, building a career in tech. So for for those who have just devoted themselves to the hard skills, to the design aspects, to you know the book studies, to whatever, like w- what's a way that they can grow those soft skills? So they are the kind of person that you would w- hope to sit next to you on a coast to coast trip.
1: Yeah, wow, that's a good one. I mean, you know, the simple answer is just to be human. Like if you have friends, that's probably a good sign. <laughs> if you don't have friends, maybe that's not a great sign. Maybe make some, you know, and 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 spend time with people outside of what you you do for your like hard skill portion of your career. Um, you know, family also, I think, like if you have one, if you Treat your family well. If you know this person, treats your family, their family well. That's also a good sign, um, because you know nobody's going to treat you any better than they do their family. So if they either, you know, if they if they say treat their family terribly, um, then you, that's probably a bad sign. Or the other thing too is if somebody, you know, like if you're at a restaurant with somebody, and you you notice that they, and this is a little bit off topic, but they they treat the waitress or 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 busser poorly um you can assume that they're not gonna you know this is just how they treat people um that are doing anything for them and and that's just kind of a red flag but in terms of developing your soft skills i mean man like just be human (laughs) like do things outside of work like a lot of things outside of work you know um go on trips like travel the world um you know have a hobby that has nothing to do with what you do um you know um just things outside of your space, and I don't think they teach that in school. And, and uh, you know, it's something that you kind of learn and get more confident with over time. Um, yeah, so it's it's it is challenging. I would say these days I, I do come across some folks that probably could use better soft skills, and, and even not just at, at the beginner level, but even in the sort of advanced stage, I definitely come across people that I'm like, man, like how do have you made it this far? Um, or maybe you've made it this far because you're ruthless and I don't know, like for me, that's not a value, um, you know, ruthless, you can, you can be sort of a good person and and still, um, make it a long way. I I like to think at least.
0: Yeah. And you've, you've done a a fair bit of probably teaching at the college level from what I can remember. And, um, you know, you you might've already kind of answered this question already, but what kind of things have you seen that have really helped students stand out, especially those who have gone on to be successful in their careers? I
1: would say the, the types of students that I think do the best are the ones that um, can figure out anything. Like you throw something at them that they've never seen before, they didn't learn in class, and we haven't even talked about, um, but they come back and they're like, I figured it out. you know. So this kind of can-do attitude um, to just be able to sort things out themselves. I think any employer is going to look for that. And yes, you should be able to do your hard skill if they hire you for design development or whatever. Um, But, but if you can't just figure out how to do X, Y, Z um, you know, that, that would be a red flag I would say for any employer.
0: I'm finding a lot of times when, when somebody comes to me for advice from self-made web designer that there's just certain things that I can help them with and certain things that like I just can't help them with like it has to be some type of internal motivation some type of intrinsic value or you know skill set and the question that I have been having is, can can I help them with those things? Have I just not figured out how to explain it or how to coach somebody in the right direction? So has that been your experience as well? And have you maybe figured out the secret sauce of being able to get up past those things that are kind of intrinsically necessary?
1: You know, like I've, I've found that sometimes it does take a certain personality type cannot be taught. Um, like for example, I started off my career as a producer and I was not a great producer. Like I was okay. I was pretty good. I figured stuff out. But, um, but ultimately like after, you know, I think it was like two and a half years of doing that. I said to myself, like, I am probably not the personality type for this. And I think it takes a lot of self-awareness to be able to say that and think that. And, you know, in the same, I've seen students of mine from Miami ad school, from, from, from general assembly who, Um, may have started off in a design class, may have started off in a creative class and, um, and down the line, they become a producer or down the line, they become an account person, an account executive, new business person, just strategist, something different than what they were planning on in school. And I think it just takes a lot of professional maturity and self-awareness to really know, um, you know, if your personality like lands in a place where you can maneuver it into your, you know, chosen Career path, and and um, I think it's okay to to say, hey, like maybe this isn't for me. I can still use these skills, but but I should probably be doing this other thing that I'm maybe better suited for.
0: Let's chat a little bit, because you've worked some, for some big companies, you work for small companies, you've had your own companies. And I think a lot of times, like there's kind of two paths that people have when they're thinking of having a design or, or tech career. And that's either I'm going to work for, you know, Apple or Google or whatever, or I'm going to start my own agency or have my own startup, you know, and so you, you've kind of seen success of both of those things and, you know, have essentially decided like, I'm going to do something else. So maybe, maybe talk about, you know, the ups and downs of that and what ultimately led you to decide to be where you are right now.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a, we could have like, we could talk all day about that one, man. Um, You know, like I've seen success and failure at big and small places and, Sometimes the success had to do with me and and my own, you know, approach to it. Sometimes it had it's had to do with outside forces that are beyond my control. And um ultimately, man, like having worked at Apple, having worked at Twitter, having worked at big agencies, um, you know, I'm not and this is a very personal thing, like it's just not really um it doesn't really motivate me to be um, you know, a cog in the wheel, even at these incredible companies. You know, some people love that, and I think there's a lot of value to that. Like People talk about it, it when it comes to Apple and in, 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 um, they kind of use the analogy of like, you know, a- Apple is just full of these samurais that like hone their craft, like, you know, to this very specific point, you know, and and they just do this one thing so extremely well. And everybody at Apple, I would say, is like that. Uh, and a lot of these big tech companies also. Um, and then there are people like me who, are, uh, who prefer to sort of be a bit more of, of a generalist who want to have their hands in different pots who enjoy, um, you know, figuring things out and not really having a processor system, like having to create one along the way. Um, and for me, that's like, that's true creativity. And that's kind of what gets me excited in the morning. I'm not going to lie. It also is probably a lot more tiring than, than, than fitting into one of these big companies where there's a lot of, um, process procedure and, and resources. Um, but for me, like when you have, you know, the less resources you have, the more constraints you have, the more interesting things get. So um, that led me to, you know, creating my own agency um, and, and just working for small clients and kind of figuring it out. And that was actually a lot more rewarding than working on a big campaign or working on a big website um, because, you know, I had, to, I had to just figure it out. Um, and and then where I'm at right now, you know, I work for um, a fitness tech company called, called Tempo. And... When I joined the company, it was—I think—I was like maybe the fifteenth employee, you know. So it was still like a really small, early-stage startup, Series A. You know, we were just kind of figuring it out. We hadn't even had a product out and available to the public. We haven't even had a website, or we had like a like a landing page, not a website up. And uh, you know, in over the past um, six months, probably in large part because of quarantine, um, we we blew up. You know, Series B funding. Um, we, we I don't even know, quadrupled in size. Like we're probably like 70 people now. Um, and it's becoming like a, I guess like a pretty safe to say like a mid-sized company. Um, and it's still really exciting. It's still crazy. Every day is a roller coaster. Every week to week, I do not know what's happening sometimes or things change so quickly. And for me, I love that kind of challenge because it just makes it, um, it makes it interesting, you know? Um, yeah. So big companies, for some people, for me, small companies are are just more interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you say that and, and it just highlights the fact that it's so important to to know yourself. And and I think you probably have a, a better insight into that because you've you've taken the risk and gone, you know what, I'm not happy here. And so I'm just, I'm just going to go ahead and leave. And I know there's this kind of standard with companies of like, all right, you've got to stay for this much amount of time and you've got to do this kind of thing, but it sounds like you haven't necessarily bought into that idea. So talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, Definitely not. I'm not into it. Like if, yeah, I mean, there's this kind of, I don't know what it is, like standard in everyone's mind um, and probably in a lot of recruiters mind, probably for good reason. Uh, that people need to stay one or two years or ten years at a company in order to have you know made an impact or gotten the best out of it or whatever. But for me, it's like if I am at a company for six months and I'm like, yeah, this these people do not align with my values. Like I'm not into this. I'm out. Um, you know. Uh, or alternatively, God, like if 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 I don't align with their values and it's pretty obvious, like they'll they'll kick me out. And that's definitely happened too. And I think I think you gotta you gotta just have self awareness and know that that's okay. Like better, you spend too much time at a job to, 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 to allow it to like, you know, suck, suck the, your values from you or having to, um, you know, be opposed to what you believe in.
0: And you mentioned, you know, the, the, the generalists versus people who get really specific in their skill. And, you know, like I know people from Amazon who the only thing they do is develop for the buy now button, you know, and um like some people love that idea i can't imagine a world where i could show up every day to work and work on a button for the rest of my life you know so uh it, and it's almost like there's there's this this kind of thought process in popular you know culture when it comes to tech companies that the more specific you get on your skill set the the more valuable you are but you've, you've kind of bucked that mentality. And it sounds like you've not lacked for opportunity. So talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. I would say um, you, gotta, you really got to find the people that, that need the right people at the right time. So timing is everything. And for me, I found that if you want to be a generalist, um, if you find like an early stage startup, series A startup, series B startup, those are the kinds of companies you want to probably aim toward because they need generalists.
0: Yeah, that's great. So, you know, you mentioned um, one of the best things that you've seen in students is just being able to to figure things out. And also being part of a startup where, you know, you're having to do a lot of things across a, probably a varied amount of fields. You're probably having to do that yourself. So how do, how, do you, how do you go about that for yourself? Like, what are the steps to problem solving something you've never seen before?
1: <sighs> yeah, it depends on the thing, you know, I mean, every day, from like a creative standpoint or from a design standpoint, I'm working on something, anything from a range of sort of like production design to really heavy strategic thinking, you know, and planning. Um, and then, and then in addition to that, for, for my job, there's a layer of sort of um, planning, you know, projecting, like resourcing, um, administrative work, recruiting, like all the things, you know. A lot of Googling, I would say, is helpful. Like, if there's something I literally have never seen before, uh, which happens all the time, and, like, I think it takes professional maturity to to realize it. You just, I mean, you Google it. You know, you ask people that you know that do it or have done it or do it regularly. Uh-huh. Um, and then for me, I just kind of like to dive on in. You know, like, even, like, I'll definitely be transparent. Like, if it's something I do not feel comfortable with or is not something that you should have me do, I'll raise my hand. I think that's important, too, to say, hey, like, maybe we should get somebody who's done you know, legal, into <laughs> like legal work or something. Cause I, that is not my jurisdiction. But if it's something that I think is within reason of any reasonable, smart human, I would say I just dive in, figure it out, probably make mistakes along the way. Um, you know, and I'm forgiving, forgiving to myself of making mistakes. And hopefully you found, um, somebody to work for or people to work with that are, that are also forgiving about mistakes you might make as you, as you learn.
0: Yeah. And I think that's so important. We've, we've talked about you know, this idea of self-compassion a ton on the podcast. And I I think it's so important for growth because there's no growth without risk, you know, and it it sounds like you, you haven't been afraid of that, like afraid of the failure, afraid to get fired, afraid to say, you know what, it's been six months, it's not working out. I'm okay. If we move on, you know, So how do you, how do you, how do you foster that in yourself? Like, how do you have that mindset of like, failure's fine as long as I'm moving forward? It
1: doesn't ever get easier, but you kind of become more used to it, I guess. Um, You know, like there, yeah, there's definitely been jobs where I've worked for six to eight months and I'm like, yeah, this isn't a fit. I'm sorry. And I hope it's okay. You know, no hard feelings. Like, I'm sorry if I put you in a bad place. Yeah. I mean, I think again, like you just kind of, you just kind of learn over time it's kind of like any relationship. Like if you're in a relationship with somebody, a romantic relationship, we'll say, or even friendship of any kind, it takes a lot to be able to look the other person in the eyes and say, "Hey, like this is not working out." Um, I think I've done that in my in my life enough to to know when that moment happens with my career, and um, you know when you're dealing with another person, when you're dealing with another company or um, partners or partnership, um, it's never going to be easy. But if you when you when you just kind of keep doing it. Um, realize the the value and the the importance of doing that Uh, because if anything if you are feeling that way um, Mm -hmm. it might be showing in your ability and your work and it's probably better for the other party as well
0: let's talk a little bit about um diversity in the workplace because i know that this is you know an important topic all the time but it's definitely been highlighted in in this season what types of things have you done to make sure that diversity is fostered in the teams that you've built
1: yeah. Um, yep. I mean, one of the most important things, I mean, you can have a diverse team, you can have a diverse looking team or a diverse team on paper, but I think, you know, unless you're, unless you really hear people and listen to what they have to say and allow them to be, to be heard and be seen and project their voices, um, then it doesn't matter how diverse your team is. you um, you know, on paper, you really have to like go above and beyond to, to listen, hear and see people um, and, and project for them, you know, cause I think diversity also is not just the way somebody might look or their religious beliefs or their, um, you know, gender identity, but it's, it's also, you know, things like age or, you know, if somebody's more of an introvert, you know, versus an extrovert, like their voice will not be heard, you know, or if somebody just has a totally different communication style. And sometimes it might even be like an abrasive communication style, you know, you want to, you want to foster, you know, the ability for them to feel comfortable, um, with projecting their own voice, even if, um, you know, it, it can be challenging. Uh, so yeah, being heard and seen and creating space for that too. Cause I feel like I've definitely worked for people who, you know, who who speak a lot about diversity and then don't necessarily create the actual space and room to listen to people, to, to give them a voice. And you just got to, stop and listen, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And, and I think, you know, like you mentioned the root of it is, is needing to make the extra effort because it's, it's almost natural to say that the person is the best fit for this job is somebody who looks a lot like me or enjoys the same things that, that I do, you know, and it almost like we, we talk a lot about the culture and making sure they're a right fit for the culture, which can almost be like code for, you have to have the same exact values that I do. And so it, it takes, it takes that extra, like, let me find somebody that has maybe different values who I wouldn't necessarily be friends with, um but would i know would add a lot of value and a lot of perspective so you know how do you do that and more importantly how do you how do you make sure you convey that upward you know to people who you speak to or people who are you're accountable to you know as far as in the company that you're working for
1: yeah you know like to go back to the to the sort of um coast to coast airplane trip thing you know for me um you know a great coast to coast trip with somebody can be with somebody who you totally disagree with, but you have such a great conversation about that disagreement, you know? Um, and I think it's important to, to allow for those kinds of disagreements and discussions and like invite it. You know, I, I know with my team right now, I, you know, every Monday morning i meet with every one of them individually. And then midweek I check in and at the end of the week we have kind of a powwow um, where we just kind of have you know, updates. And then we have as much time as I possibly can create for open discussion. Like, what do you think about anything? What do you think about this? Please tell me your thoughts on this. Um, And it takes a lot of extra effort and time and slows down the process a little bit for sure. Um, But I think for me, it's like you have to, you have to take those extra steps and make that effort, like we said, to, um, you know, in order for for like the long-term success, you know, it's short-term, slow, long-term, you get, you align values you, you hear people, you allow them to speak and listen, um, and then it just works, you know? In order to... The other question, though, in terms of how to sort of manage that up, that's a lot harder, you know? Like, I'm, I'm learning that. Um, every day, I learn more about it. Every day, you know, managing up, managing ver- vertically and communicating up and, and horizontally in all directions, like, um, it's, it's challenging. Like, you, you know, you can... I'd say the best way to do it for me, i found, is to kind of lead by example. You know, your leadership style might be different than the person above you or the person to your right and left. And, um, and that's okay. Um, you know, I think the best way to, to, to sort of, you know, uh, share those values with them is not necessarily by um, telling them what you're doing, not even, you know, uh, asking if they would do it, but rather just doing it in your own, you know, lane and then allowing them to see what you're doing um yeah that's i don't know if that's been if that's been successful or not to be honest but that's kind of my policy you know because people nobody likes to you know you know be told anything nobody likes to um you know for you to like bring it up or flag up those kinds of things but if you just
0: lead by example
1: you know the, the the proof's in the pudding i guess you could say
0: you know, you mentioned diversity and in, in personality and even, you know, hiring somebody that might have an abrasive style when you're more of a laid back person. And, um, you know, I, I, I know I, I've struggled with that because I'm, I'm definitely more the direct person when it comes to pretty much everything in my life. Um, and so I've, I've had to learn how to, how to temper that personally. But personality is, it, it can kind of be like a tool. And I think it's a lot more flexible than most of us think, you know? And so we think that, okay, I've got one personality tool in my tool belt and, and, and it's a hammer. And so if the situation doesn't call for a hammer, then I'm either going to make it call for a hammer or I'm going to leave, you know? So how do you change that? How do you, how do you navigate and, and become flexible and and learn from all of those things? It's,
1: it's, that's a great way to look at it. And what's funny is there are hammers and screwdrivers and tape guns and staple guns and, you know, coffee machines and water bottles. There's like, there's no, you know, personality types come in all sorts of shapes and sizes and categories. And um, even right now, when I think about my own team, there are some people that are more direct, um, able to kind of pick up and take projects and move. And then other people that are, um, that slow down a bit, that are a lot more inquisitive and introspective and and um, thoughtful, I would say, about what they do. And, you know, both both of those, not that those are the only two in the world, but within that spectrum, um, they, they both kind of come with challenges. And what I like to do as a leader <coughs> is to, um, try to find the projects and, 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 uh, opportunities for the right personality type. Uh, and it could be a project It could also be, you know, on this specific project, you're working with these X, Y, Z stakeholders and those stakeholders appreciate people that are more direct or appreciate somebody who's more thoughtful, inquisitive and, 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 you know, you know, curious about the the way they approach things. Um, so I try to do that. It's not a perfect science. Um, even myself, like I, you know, I, I try to adapt as much as I possibly can, um, you know, when I'm dealing with different types of people that respond differently to different, you know, styles and personalities. And I'm not always successful for sure. Um, but but I like to think that, you know, at least I'm putting in the effort to to try to be.
0: I guess a piggyback question from that would be, how have you helped people on your team more or less hone their personality if it's something that is creating a lot of tension in the team to help them? you know, f- figure out how to work with people who are such opposites, you know, d- despite having this one set of personality traits?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, I think. And my answer it would be, and th- this is my, my latest answer because I think it changes and has changed over the years, um, a shared group of values. So people can be all sorts of things, you know, on the spectrum of, you know, personality or ability and skill level. But if everybody has a shared set of values, um, you know, they they generally believe in the same things and that's kind of what makes the team special and what makes the team work, then it works, you know? Um, And I'd say when I interview people or when I'm talking to a a potential partner, uh, like a vendor even, I just want to make sure that they're aligned with my values, you know? Um, They give space to listen and hear and actually talk and have a conversation with people. Um, It's okay if their personalities are different, if they come from a different place, if they come from a different, you know, totally different world. But as long as they are like genuinely, you know, good people and share what I share, then I think it'll be okay. Because you can't really you can't like teach values that they're already kind of taught. They like come as a package, you know. Um, Yeah, I mean, you can you can definitely you can definitely like share your values with other folks and they might disagree. But um, it's hard to sort of change that in somebody because it's something you're you're sort of born with and develop over time. And and that's okay. Um, but it doesn't always work. It's like oil and water on a team or with a partnership.
0: Um, Let's talk a little bit about the agency that you built yourself, you know, because I think there's, there's, there's kind of this romanticized idea of being your own boss and writing your own schedule and being an entrepreneur, you know, and so, you know, I, I have certainly found that it's not, it's not awesome all the time. Like, you know, most most of the time there are nights where you're up late at night and you're not going to be able to sleep because something is going on within the company. So, what what ultimately led you to decide to move away from that?
1: Uh, you know, I might I might move back. Caveat, like I might move back eventually. I think um, to that, but I will say, like you said, you know, there are nights you're up all night, and um, you know trying to make ends meet or figure out, a, you know, solve a problem. And, and it's not easy and it's not for everybody. Um, what made me move back I th- or away from that, I'd say, at least for now is, um, you know, I wanted to work with a larger team to kind of um, have a lot more sort of deeper project access where, you know, working at, uh, within an agency structure, you know, by the nature of what you do, they hire you to do one thing, you know, for like a six month project, you're in and then you're out. Um, You don't even get to necessarily see the project through. You don't need to, you don't even get to, you know, help out and update it and and iterate on it. And I was looking for that kind of ownership and that kind of ability. And then, and also I wanted to surround myself with more people that had, you know, kind of cross-functional abilities. Um, My agency was like five people, you know, and they're very talented people. But, you know, after doing it for like three years, I was like, man, I kind of, maybe it's time to dip back into the world of many people and see what that's like. Uh, but I still, like I mentioned earlier, I still try to keep it pretty small just so you can have, you know, um, hopefully deeper relationships with people.
0: So for the designers who are just getting started or developers or, or whoever, um, you know, what, what's the best advice that you can give them on their journey?
1: I would say get weird, you know, try things that you that you didn't set out, set out to try, you know, like definitely have a, an idea in mind of who you are and, and where you generally want to go. Um, but take that, that who you are bit, the value bit and and then apply it to, to different companies and situations that you might never have thought you'd land yourself in like for example, you know you're a designer and you knew you wanted to work at a big agency um, and then some strange opportunity just finds itself to you and to work with a company that builds you know um, coffins or, or something you know um, I don't know me to get dark or morbid, but like you know, I don't know, man. Like, you know, if it's interesting the people are cool and the values are shared, try it, you know, it's okay if you in six months are like, yeah, coffins really aren't my thing, (laughs) you know, but you might also find a place where, um, your values and skills are, are, are heard, you know, more than ever because you chose a place that's so small and so niche and so, um, you know, sort of weird. So just keep, create room for just odd decisions and decisions that you might not have you know, thought you would make.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Kyle, really appreciate you being on the Self-Made Web Designer Podcast. If people are trying to connect with you, uh, where would they go?
1: Where would they go? Uh, these days, probably, I guess, like, I'm not that really prolific on Instagram, I guess you could say. Um, but you could hit me up on Instagram. Uh, my handle is uh, Kyle Waylin. K-Y-L-E-W-A-I-L-I-N. Um, You can DM me um, or you can email me. Just I'll put out my email address. My personal email address is K-Y-L-E-W-A-I-L-I-N at gmail.com. Those are both great places. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn, I'm pretty active on, so if you, if you hit me up there, I definitely get back to you.
0: Yeah. Well, Kyle, thanks so much again. Hope to have you on again and maybe talk about the agency that you're going to start in, in in a few years now. You never know. Maybe you can
1: join me on that, on that man. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm looking for, I would need new partners for that. And, and you got to find, you know, I like diversity and you, you are a supporter of diversity and, and I can see that we've got shared values, man. So... Let me know when you're ready.
0: So awesome to hear Kyle's perspective on finding a job that you absolutely love in the tech field. And I love the idea that what you are doing or the amount of money that you're making is not nearly as important as the people that you are doing the work with the relationships that you are building, whether or not you fit into the culture and would like to hang out with those people, even if you didn't work together at the same company, such a great episode. Hey, I want to thank you again for being here next week. We've got another great guest and it's going to be a fantastic episode. Are you staying up with me Wednesday night at midnight? It is dropping and it's going to be a ton of fun. So until then have a great week and don't forget if you don't quit, you win.